This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories from people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. everyone it's episode 27 if you can believe it and in this episode i'm talking with frank the ringmaster and what frank does in his role is he and his wife created this magical beautiful way of bringing opera to the masses and it seemed like the perfect episode to have just before valentine's day because what doesn't tell a better love story than a beautifully written opera Brace yourself for an inspiring story of how Frank and his wife created the Fresco Opera Theater. Here we go. Hi, Frank. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm really good. Oh, there, Oh, and there's your dog. We talked about that. Yes. <laughs> they want to be in on the welcome. That's awesome. Yeah, they're, they're wiener dogs and they have a <laughs> They are smarter than they should be as as dogs. So, yep. so they might be part, they might be answering some of the questions for you today. Is what I'm thinking, right? Occasionally, yeah. yeah. We'll hear about yep. what their passion is, well, how they lead their yeah. inspired lives, and all that passions, stuff. Yeah, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of treats. They have passions for that <laughs> and making noise. Okay. All right. So, um, Frank, let's talk about how we know each other. So Frank and I work at the same company. It's a a large insurance and finance company. And um, I think we've probably seen each other in passing occasionally, but really Mm -hmm. never actually met until my brother started working there, too. And then he connected us. I think that's how the story goes, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, what's funny is, he started talking to me about podcasts about like a year and a half ago, and he was all jazzed about podcasts. And I said, well, I'd really like to get into that too. And then, you know, all of a sudden he's like, hey, my sister does this amazing podcast. You, you got to meet her. And um, it just went from there. So yeah, yeah, I keep waiting for you guys to do your thing. You know, I've told you I'll help you in any way that I can. <laughs> yeah, we need all the help we can get because we sound like a hot mess. Uh, <laughs> tried it once and it was pretty janky so <laughs> well i think i think what you probably both need is like one free hour left in the week is probably what it is not anything to do with technology right yeah true true agreed yeah so um i've heard and actually before he mentioned you to me i had heard about you from other people around the company because everyone would say oh have you heard the thing frank does with opera and like I don't know. What's that about? And so that is why we're going to talk today, because I would love to hear about that thing Frank does with opera. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. That sounds good. So I can, you know, really just kind of getting into it. Um, it was probably uh, going on 10 years ago. Uh, we were at the Willie Street Parade. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope you don't mind. I'm just going to roll right into the little story here. But we were at the Willie Street Parade that happens around September. Uh, we rode our bikes down. It really kind of this alternative approach to a parade. 
my wife and I, we actually grew up a block away from each other in a small town in Carroll, Iowa. And, you know, what we uh, experienced in terms of parades and whatnot was the whole fire trucks and <laughs> Girl Scouts on the floats and, you know, that type of approach. And this was so off the wall crazy with, uh, you know, bubble cars and, um, you know, witches riding bicycles and the mad rolling, uh, um, you know, skater group. And it was just a super cool vibe, uh, that we had never experienced before in a parade. So, uh, really jazzed about that. And, uh, we were riding our bikes back from, from that event um, and just to kind of give it a little background, both my, my wife and I have degrees in music. Um, mine was more on a business side of things and, uh, she ended up going to UW for her master's and doctorate, uh, in vocal performance and opera production. Mm. And we ended up just talking back and forth with Ryan and saying, what a cool alternative experience. And we said, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to have the same type of approach with opera? And that just started us you know, brainstorming. And, you know, I started talking about, you know, we should do something like a rap battle between opera singers and <laughs> you know, just crazy things like that. And uh, we get halfway home and then she's like, you know what though, what are my colleagues going to think? What are, what are my professors from, um, you know, from UW going to say, you know, what's the, the community, the opera community, the classical community going to say about what I'm doing, you know, I'm I'm pushing it too far. And, uh, by the time we got home, you know, I sat down in front of my computer and I'm, I'm banging away at the keyboard and she's like, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm writing a business plan. She goes about what I said, the opera company that we're going to (gasps) start. How exciting. That was all in one day. Yes, it was, oh. it was within like three hours. And she's <laughs> like, she, you know, and I said, I don't care what type of, you know, uh, reservations you have about this thing. We're moving forward. Um, and that that's typical. My style is, hey, let's go forward and conquer. Let's do this thing. Let's throw our, you know, just, you know, um, jump feet first into this thing and, and see what happens. And, you know, it's been a wild ride ever since. And it's, you know, all of us, all of what we do is just around being able to bring this genre to everyone. And the way we do that is by kind of mixing, um, you know, the kind of pop culture, uh, esque elements, uh, with opera. So the first show we did was called, uh, dueling divas, which was a battle between opera singers. So we had, you know, um, a, a bunch of different rounds, uh, that paired up singers against each other and they sang two minute clips of an aria. And then the next person would come up and we had a boxing ring and an announcer and, and that whole thing. And it was at the overture center. It was really kind of a risky thing for us because we're like, okay, first performance we're going to have, we're not going to be, um, you know, in a church, we're not going to be in some type of, uh, you know, rented hall. Um, that's, you know, um, right. You're actually at the overture center, You're at the overture center at, at the playhouse, which was pretty big, deal for us yeah it's we, like for those who don't know madison that's like that's it that's the big deal in madison the overture center totally and we yeah. were like okay we're gonna put all our money on the line you know for real and, see right. what, <laughs> uh, and it was a whirlwind tour i mean it was funny because 
I was, I actually did the announcing and I, I did the whole like, you know, let's get ready to just make this happen. You know, just the whole like deal. And when I was at the beginning winding up the crowd, it was just this huge wall of sound. And I had been to tons of opera productions before, you know, where it's your typical, you clap when you're supposed to clap and, and so on. And there's this whole, um, etiquette to it. Mm-hmm. And when I, I was like, let's get ready to rumble everybody's just this wall of sound. And I look over at our board president, which was dressed in a uh, referee outfit. And he looks at me like, oh my God, (laughs) what was that? And we knew immediately when we looked at each other that we had something, we had a spark, we we had an audience, we had a target, um, you know, fan base right there that we could grow from. Um, and that's where it just spiraled. We, we ended up doing, uh, you know, a ton of different shows. So we did, uh, a ding dong, the diva's dead, which was all opera, uh, death scenes, uh, staged to scary movies like <laughs> the bride of Frankenstein and, uh, exorcist and the shower scene, uh, from psycho. Um, so we had all of those things, excuse me, that we paired up with, um, you know, opera arias, uh, we did, uh, ding dong, or sorry. Um, we did another one, which was, uh, the good, the bad and the divas, uh, Western, uh, and, and we called it like a spaghetti Western. So, um, <laughs> it was our take on what that would look like. So, and just, you know, like we did, we paired star Wars with opera and we just, okay, wait, wait, stop, stop. I need to know some more information here. I don't normally yeah. say stop, stop. So that's how excited no. I am. I'm like all goosebumps because this is so cool. I mean, first of all, you took something that you love that came as a birth of an idea in a very cool moment and you did it and it's, and it's a hit. So how, what songs did you pair with star Wars? That's what my listeners are going to want to know. How did that go down? Well, we usually what we do is we we do this thing called pastiche opera. So uh, we'll take a bunch of different arias from a bunch of different operas, and we end up creating a story. Okay. Uh, and with with um, our Star Wars opera, which we called uh, Ronaldo and the Galactic Crusades, <laughs> with that one, it was an actual full opera that was created by Handel. And we just went ahead and put all of the Star Wars elements to it. So we had a Princess Leia type. We had, you know, a Luke Skywalker, a, you know, villain, two villains. We had um, one person that was kind of playing this emperor, but mm-hmm. she was an empress. And uh, Darth Vader, of course, a, right. a character like that. And it was very kind of Star Wars-esque to it. We had lightsabers and we had a lightsaber battle. Uh, we ended up flying drones inside the the building. Uh-huh. It, it was funny because um, w- with that, we ended up uh, doing a drone in there. And a lot of the tech crew from Overture said, well, I haven't seen that before in Overture. And usually when we do something, there's always then a rule after that when we come back to say, <laughs> okay, now we have new rules because Fresco did something crazy, you know? Um, so I think now they have a drone rule, whatever that is. Right, no like, drones. Just make the, the rule after we get done, you know, <laughs> being in space. That that's fine. Um, but yeah, we we ended up doing a, a you know an opera that was already made, but revamped it for the Star Wars thing. So how many of these have you done? Wow, um, we've probably done 
25 different shows. I, you know, and I might be, I might be going a little bit, um, it, it may be closer to maybe 20 or something like that, but, um, we usually do at least two or three shows a year. Um, and then we do a ton of community outreach too. Uh, so it's not just doing, a, um, a show inside the overture center or another performance hall. Mm-hmm. We'll take opera to the streets. So we do opera unplugged where we, uh, end up taking, um, you know, arias and rearranging them for, uh, you know, violin, viola, cello, uh, guitar and, uh, drum set. Um, so we'll do that on, uh, state street during usually a farmer's market type of, um, timeframe. And it's really been successful. I mean, there's moments where we have, you know, 200 people that are gathered around listening to us, you know, sing stuff and, and we revamp songs so that way they have a different tone to it. So, um, you know, as an example, we had, um, um, a piece by, um, Carmen, uh, that we ended up, uh, rearranging. So it sounded like, um, Led Zeppelin because we had the Led Zeppelin beat to it. And it's oh funny to see everybody kind of gather around and listen to it. Uh, so it's really fun. So we do that. And we also, um, stage operas in garages throughout the Madison, uh, Wisconsin area. So, uh, we'll end up staging a full opera inside a garage and neighbors will come and put their lawn chair on the lawn or else on the driveway. And we end up, uh, hitting the garage door and it opens up like a curtain and we end up <laughs> a full, a full opera, which is super fun. Like last year we ended up doing uh, snow white, uh, the year before we did Hansel and Gretel. Um, and this year we're looking at doing, uh, um, ugly duckling, but kind of an eighties version to it, um, with kind of the mean girl twist. So, um, a lot of outreach stuff that we have planned for 2017, but yeah, that's, you know, what we do is, is we, um, you know, constantly looking at ways to reinvent, you know, how the genre is performed, um, in terms of the, uh, the, uh, presentation of it, mm-hmm. um, while never hurting, um, the original music, you know, we, we stay true to the sound of it and we stay true to, um, you know, the, uh, the voice and, uh, and so forth. And that's important to us. This is phenomenal. How have I not heard about this before? I don't know. You know what I mean? We're one of the best kept secrets in Madison. (laughs) (laughs) So how, like, how does a person get you to come to their garage? What's the secret to that? Well, you know, we, the first year we kind of had to beg pe- okay. because people had no idea. Well, and you're talking in terms of like audience, how do we get an audience or how do we end up asking people if we can use their garage? There's two different things. Yeah, how we- do you get people to say, Hey, like, how do I get you to come to my garage? That's my question. Yeah. So we, we end up like, uh, you know, asking folks if we could use their garage and, and, and set up things and we'll go ahead and take a gander at it. And as, lo- as long as it's uh, wide enough, we'll do that. And then we end up just, you know, um, marketing folks to, to come in and, and, uh, you know, Hey, you know, bring your lawn chair, come, mm-hmm. come check out the opera and so forth. Um, but now we have like a list of like 10 people that want us to use their garage for this year. Um, and it's pretty amazing that, um, people are like, wow, I love the way that was. And, um, and people that had ended up letting us use their garage from last year, like, Hey, that wasn't too bad. They ended up coming in and setting up in 30 minutes and then we're ready to go and rock an opera. So well, um, what a great way to bring the community together. And 
I love that you're probably getting kids involved, you know, so oh, kids yeah. can experience this kind of performance that they might not get the chance to see. Oh yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing to be able to see the kids in the audience. And, uh, you know, as an example, we, when we did uh, Hansel and Gretel, I, I remember the kids coming up and, uh, they were like, I want to push the witch in the oven. So we'd have this whole thing <laughs> where like, okay, you get to push the witch and they just take turns. Uh, and then, you know, they ended up, uh, we had these big, huge, uh, suckers that we had stuck on the, the witch's house and they'd rip them off and like, look at me, I'm looking this and they're having <laughs> a great time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great that we can, uh, really, um, you know, end up appeasing the younger audience, you know, the kids, as well as the older audience, mm -hmm. there's something for everyone. That's what we're all about, you know, and, uh, there's a, a patron in town, um, of the, of the arts of, of opera, very, very, um, big fan of Madison opera. We're of course, big fans of those folks as well. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, he ended up taking a gander at, at our performances and, and really blown away. And I remember I was in the lighting booth and I saw him during intermission, like going from one place uh, of the, you know, one part of the theater to the other, just talking to people and mingling. And I found out that afterward, he was just so blown away by, you know, an eight year old there and then someone that was in their 20s and so on. And he's asking them questions to say, you know, how did you learn about this and what got you, you know, here and why are you excited about Fresco and really just wondering how we're getting this um, multi-generational, um, you know, group together in one room to be able to see what we do. Um, and it's it's neat to be able to to do that. You know, I, I remember one performance, I think it was our uh, our Ding Dong, The Diva's Dead and an eight year old. um ended up emailing us uh, after the show and said, I'm really super excited about opera. I'd never experienced it before. And um, I've downloaded all these songs that were from your, from your show. And that was really neat oh. to be able to see, you know, that um, it's, it's something that touched someone uh, of the younger generation to go out and seek, you know, some music and, and take a gander at it. Um, but yeah, it's, that's amazing. I mean, that's that's what we I feel like we miss so much now with technology is the connection between the generations. Mm -hmm. So that's so cool that you're creating that. How many people are in your in the Fresco Theater like that do the work? Well, it's it's usually um, myself, um, my wife, Melanie. And then uh, we have our board president does a ton of stuff, uh, Jeff Turk. Um, and what's funny about Jeff is uh, when Oh gosh, it must have been like 15 years ago. He has three kids, and uh, one of his daughters was taking um, piano and voice lessons from my from my wife. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time, my wife had a home studio, and now she's uh, got her own space over there off of uh, Atwood Willie area. Anywho, um, she was taking lessons, and then Jeff would come in, and he would just be, you know pouring over uh, Wagner and talking to her about this, that, and whatever. And, you know, they really built a really good rapport. Um, Jeff ended up, uh, Jeff works at um, a place that does a lot of construction and he, he's a logistics manager. So he's, you would really not think of him as like this huge classical music fan, 
Um, but really like he's in his, his basement sometimes with the baton, just going to town, listening to music and so on. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's really, uh, involved in, in what we do and helps us a lot with our communication, our social media. Um, a lot of the shows that we write, we all write as a trio, uh, with Jeff, myself and, and Melanie. And, uh, you know, we, we really have a great time kind of collabing on that and, um, putting little, um, you know, things in there that make ourselves laugh knowing that it'll end up, you know, other people will get it too. And so, yeah, it's basically us three that are rocking it. And of course our board, um, you know, helps where they can with volunteering and front and so forth when, you know, whatever needs to be done at the info tables and so forth. Do you guys do all the performing or are there other people that you bring in to do the performances? Yeah, we have, uh, a big, huge group of, of um, singers that we tap, whether it's, you know, there's amazing performers in the Madison area that mm-hmm. have, you know, chops like you wouldn't believe. Um, we have folks that we have a good rapport with a core group of people in Milwaukee um, that are the bee's knees. Um, we have some folks in Chicago um, and then we do things like we'll do Skype auditions. So we put it out there on our site and say, hey, we're doing Skype auditions. Go ahead and audition with us. Um, and uh, they'll go ahead and sing. And then they'll answer some questions that we might have um, that we wrote on our page mm-hmm. for auditioning. And so um, we have people from all over the country that audition for us. And occasionally we'll uh, – like I think the last show we just had, we hired – uh, a person from LA to come in to do one of the roles and so forth. And a good group of people from, um, Madison area that, that performed as well as Milwaukee. So yeah, it's, there's a lot of regional as well as, you know, um, across the country that we, pe- we bring in to be able to perform. So when you create a show, this is just fascinating to me because I know nothing about this. So, um, bear with me on these kinds of questions. Yeah. It's kind of exciting. It reminds me like I'm super I love the '40s era movies, like with, um, um, like with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. And I know that's not opera; I get that part of it. But just the, like you'd see shows, movies, like where they're showing how they create shows, and they're different kinds sure. of shows, but they were pretty grand. And um, yeah. I was kind of thinking of that, like when you create these shows, then do people ever want to buy them? Like buy your your whole script and your like the actual show itself, so that they can recreate it somewhere else. Yeah, we've had several people actually say we would love to you well one of the things we get is like you should take that on the road, you know, mm-hmm. like um when we did the good the bad and the divas, I remember uh the ushers at the overture center, they'd say, "Wow, I I, I you know, this looks exactly like something that's touring right now or like they would make mention that, you know, there's tour groups that that have stuff put together and you know, we're just as professional and we should totally take this on the road, you know, that type of thing. Um, we had a couple universities uh, that reached out to us when we did this show called uh, Clara, um, which was based on the lives of uh, Clara Schumann, Robert Schumann and Johannes Brahms and the love triangle that happened between them. Uh, we did a whole show and, and worked with a, an amazing writer um, and that one was actually uh, something that a couple universities said we'd love for you to bring that into our space uh, and the, uh, and just to give cred, uh, Bowman Desai was the the writer of the the book trio on that one, mm. um, and then we have um, 
we just got done with a show called um, the Poe Requiem, all new music done by a local amazing composer, uh, Clarice Tobia. And uh, we ended up uh, having her write the music and we ended up putting the show together and working with a, a great um you know, uh, choreographer Jessica Duplessis and her uh, dance team uh, to pull off that show. And I believe Clarice right now is in talks with uh, University to put that show on. So there, there are talks, but we haven't got there yet. It's, you know, for us, at, you know, and unfortunately for us, it, it's like this fleeting thing. It's art is fleeting. Mm-hmm. So when we get done with something, we're like, oh, my gosh, I have another idea. Let's do it, you know. So – um, we we're still working on what that would look like, you know, that we just get this whole like excitement where we're like, okay, that's to bed. We loved it. Um, you know, we'll always cherish it forever. Um, uh, but we don't have the time to look back at it and say, okay, how do we then ended up marketing it to get out to, um, you know, re, you know, put it on its legs again and, and make it happen. So is it, I mean, you guys all have full-time jobs, right? Yes. Like, how yeah. do you do this in the midst of all that? You know, there there are times where it's like one o'clock in the morning and I'm, <laughs> you know, writing a grant thing or, you know, it's, it's late at night and we're talking out something, um, you know, before we go to sleep or, um, you know, we'll be one of the biggest things that helps us. Um, and it's tough this time of year, but when we get outside and walk, um, things just start firing like nobody's business and we start creating there. So mm. it's every nook and cranny that we can find to be able to fit in our ideas and our uh, excitement and our vision, uh, we find it. What is it like to have that amount of creative energy with your partner, you know, with your wife? Because I think, I wonder if there are pros and cons to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. I mean, honestly, it's, it gets like there's moments where we'll be in the car and we'll go well as an example um when i leave for the day uh to go to work my my full-time regular job mm-hmm. i'll end up driving um to the to the west side of madison and during that time um my wife melanie is talking to me on the phone and we'll be spitting balling back and forth about <laughs> ideas and There'll be moments where I'm like, no, I don't like it. Or she's like, no, did you think this through? And, you know, it can get get a little bit, you know, scratchy there. You're just like, oh, but I thought that was a good idea. And like, no, I've seen it happen before. And, you know, we start creating like that. But what's so amazing is um, out of that sometimes friction or tension, greatness occurs. I can, you know, it's almost like I can tell when the big bang is going to happen because it gets really kind of like, you know, um, just it's against the grain and you start to feel it. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, and it's funny, there's moments, whether it's in the car or walking or, you know, whatever we're doing. And one of us, whether it's Melanie or myself will say, I got it. And I'll say, go. Let me hear it. What do you got? You know, and I know, I know it's juicy. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, when you, when lightning strikes, uh, you, I, you just can feel it. You can feel the energy mm-hmm. and that, that happens quite a bit. I know that, um, our board president, Jeff Turk, 
when when he's with us and we get in that mode, Jeff's like, I don't want to be here. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, it's like, no, something amazing is going to happen. Wait for it. Wait for it. And it really does. Oh, and, I oh, like no. that, though. I like it because it's almost like, I don't know if this is the right word, but it's like alchemy. Like the two yeah. of you together, your ideas blend and they kind of like get heated and then they transform into the idea. Yeah. Just to give you an example, um, there's a show that we want to do in 2018, um, and it just happened to come over breakfast. So we're having, we went out to eat to breakfast um, Sunday morning, and we're sitting there eating our breakfast skillets, and we're talking through things. And I, I forget what we said. I said, you know, I'd love to be able to do something at one of the museums here in town. I said, there's one museum that has some cool seating and whatnot. And Melanie's like, yeah, we should totally do like a movie. And I said, yes, because we were all, <laughs> we're all into like, um, like projections and so on uh, to be able to make our ideas come to reality. And I'm like, yeah, we should do a movie. I said, you know what? Let's do a silent movie. And she's like, yeah. So we start like brainstorming. She's like, okay, what if we ended up having it where, um, we ended up creating this entire movie um, with the performers and then at the performance we ha end up having the music and the arias and the, the whole silent film going at the same time and it's like an homage, homage to silent film but it's got the mixture of opera and classical music in it. And I said, you know what, let's call it silent opera. Boom. You know, we're just mm -hmm. like, right, yeah, we're there. And I know it'll work. I, I just have this, you know, we have a vision and we tweak it a little bit till it becomes, you know, perfect, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that just, we just end up flying. And there's like probably, you know, 20 things in a box, you know, that we have just waiting to be able to be done. You know, it's just finding the right moment for it. You know, is it ever hard not to keep working on it to like set it aside? Cause you have to, you know, go, go to work or yeah. take the dog out or like shower. We talk. <laughs> yeah, it is tough. You know, it's, it's one of those where if I'm at work and I'm in a meeting and then I have something spark, I'm like, okay, I got to, I got to end up like putting it back in my head and saying, don't forget it, you know? Right. So I'll have like a page in front of me and I'll shorthand write something on there. So that way <laughs> I don't forget. But also people aren't looking over saying, Frank, you just wrote on there, you know, opera with a scary twist of, you know, I'm just like, okay, I got to, you know, just <laughs> put this away for a moment and you know, focus on what I'm doing right now. Right. So it, it is tough, you know, or, or we say, okay, we want to take a, uh, a vacation or something like, okay, we'll take a um, vacation from everything. But it really doesn't end up being that way. We'll end up, you know, going somewhere for a week. And it's funny that we end up like having all of these big sparks happen um, about, about Fresco and mm -hmm. things that we can do. And um, it really helps us rejuvenate and get excited and and, uh, you know, fill that box more, you know, with more things that we can present to people. So that's amazing. I just love, I mean, it's kind of like a, a beautiful story in two ways. First of all, what you all have created is amazing, but then also this, this way that your relationship works, it's really, really, really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So tell me this before you had the idea on Willie street on your bike, 
Were you guys doing anything like this? Like, were you always this creative and creating things together? Um, or was it like this moment in time that it was sort of born? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, that's a great question because before that point, I mean, I'd have, I'd always have ideas and I'd write them down in a journal. So I, I would journal and, and it'd be funny, like, you know, six years before Netflix actually ends up becoming, you know, a reality, you know, I have a, a journal that shows my idea of how Netflix would work, you know, things like that, you know, it's funny. And I'm sure everybody has those things where they're like, Oh my gosh, if I had enough resources and Mm -hmm. time and so on, you know, that could have been mine type of deal. Um, and I had that a lot and we were pretty, pretty creative. Um, but we, I think we limited ourselves with what we felt we had to do or limit ourselves with what, you know, people said we should do. Um, and it was, it never occurred to us that we could start an opera company. Um, you know, and it's funny because I remember us, um, we, we were married in 1999 and, uh, we ended up putting up, putting our, um, wedding together all by ourselves and, you know, doing the whole planning and, and, you know, arranging things and how things should be perfect and so forth. And I was just as involved in our wedding as Melanie was, um, with kind of putting it all together. And I remember people, you know, we had like 300 people in attendance and they were like, Oh my God, this, this is amazing. I can't believe, you know, and we're like, and we did this on a budget of, you know, like 5,000 bucks or something. We saved up for a long time. And I remember us saying, wow, this is super fun. You know, this is such a great time for us. And I never realized it, but I was like, now that I look back, I'm like, it was kind of the precursor to us like putting together operas, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, how does this all function and these parts are put together and so forth. So, you know, we, I think we were always creative. Mm-hmm. It just, we never gave ourselves uh, permission to, you know, go outside you know, the norm and push the envelope, you know, if you were going to say to somebody who has that situation, like that moment that you had, what would you say to them? Is there any advice you can give to get them to take the leap? You know, it's, it's one of those things that, um, I just knew it was right. You know, it's, I think everybody knows that moment where they feel fulfilled, Mm -hmm. uh, in something that they're doing or something some idea that they have, like, wow, that would fulfill me. Um, and I think we really need to learn to listen to our gut and listen to our soul and know that the time and the moment will, will be there. You just have to listen, uh, hard enough to hear it. Um, and it's, that was one of those moments for myself with Fresco is immediately, when we we ended up having the idea, I knew that it was something that would be fulfilling and rewarding and um, totally be in my wheelhouse. Like it was almost like everything had come together at that very moment for me to actually jump and leap and, and make the decision to move and take action. Um, you know, it, it's it's almost like one of those M. Night Shyamalan flicks where, you know, you don't know where it's going and all of a sudden it just sparks and you're like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is the reason that, you know, 
I did this when I was 16. And when, you know, when at 22, I was taking piano proficiency and, you know, all of these things stack up to the perfect moment. And, and that's what it was for us. Um, but I think you have to be willing to um, l- listen mm-hmm. and just take the take action. You know, that that's the biggest thing for me is, you know, you can brainstorm all day long and and write things down on a, uh, you know, on in a journal or on a uh, tablet or, you know, like plan, plan, plan. You can do that all day long. Uh, but until you actually take one of those pieces that you put on paper and make it real, um, it's just always going to be, you know, something that never came to fruition. So you, you just got to go ahead and, you know, take the leap, take the, you know, take action is what I talk about. You, you know, every single day, you know, even for myself now, you know, I have a big whiteboard downstairs in my, you know, quote unquote man cave. And I'm like, I'm going to take action, you know, on one of these things today to move my vision, my thought into reality, Hmm. you know? Yeah. I like that. That's, I mean, that's the key, taking action. And I, while you were saying that, I was thinking now, sometimes people take the leap and then right away some obstacles come up and then they just go, oh, I wasn't meant to do this. Did you have any obstacles right out the gate that you had to kind of press through Totally. To prove yep. that you were going to really do this to yourself, yep. I guess. We had obstacles. Yep. Um, we had, um, when we first started, we had um, a board that was unsure of our di- idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, because we are a nonprofit, so we, we had a, a board of directors that were unsure of what direction we were moving. Uh, we had um, some folks in the classical community uh, that were scoffing at our idea that were, um, you know, like who do they think they are to do something like this? Um, you know, this is our genre, mm-hmm. uh, how dare they type of thing. So we, we had a lot of opposition in the classical community. We had, you know, opposition internally, uh, with our board. So we did have some scrapes and, and whatnot. And, you know, um, I know that this is a, probably analogy tons of people have heard before, but, you know, when you end up making that jump, take that action, make that leap, um, you know, at first your parachute isn't going to end up, you know, popping open. You, you're going to you're going to hit the rocks a little bit. You're going to get bruised and, and beat up a little bit, but you have to push through. You got to persevere uh, to be able to get to that part where you're soaring, you're flying. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's going to be just um, the way it is when you first do something that other people aren't doing, you know, you have really explained this so well for people who have those ideas. I mean, you have, it's just, I'm I'm not talking very much, which is unusual, but it's because, um, I'm just really lost in your story because it's so beautiful. It's just great. What's something else. So now you've got this, you're doing this and it's filling up most of your life. What's something, is there anything else that's sort of catching your attention now? you know, a Netflix 2.0 or something else? <laughs> um, I have, we have two things that, that are popping up right now. Um, I'll say the one that's the we first, which is um, I have a, a couple friends. Uh, we've been, um, uh, my wife and I have been friends with for, uh, you know, since we moved to Wisconsin. Uh, and we started a, um, a, we did a startup called Vocalite. And it's, 
products for singers. So that's something that we're doing right now where we're doing essential oils and uh, we're doing, um, you know, warm up devices and uh, things that are specifically designed for singers in mind um, that help them, um, you know, perform at their at their peak, at their at their ultimate. So that's something that we're doing right now. And we look at it as uncharted waters. I mean, it's kind of like blue ocean for us because there's nobody else out there right now that are making products for singers. Mm. You hear a lot of organizations that are making products for uh, instrumentalists, whether you're, whether you're a violin, uh, you know, like a string player or, you know, a brass player or um, something of that nature. And we really kind of took our idea because my, my niece, she plays uh, D1 softball for Syracuse and she's got everything you could possibly think of that's, you know, geared toward her sport. You know, she's got the bag, she's got the, the right socks, she's got the right, you know, mitt, she's got, you know, all these things. Um, and we're like, you know, but if you look at a singer, you kind of have to hodgepodge something together to get exactly what you need to be able to perform, um, at your best. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're doing right now is that startup with vocal lead. That's a great Um, idea. I can't yeah, wait to see would, how that goes. Yeah, we we just we ended launching um, in November, and uh, my both of my winter dogs are super excited. About it. <laughs> um, so we have that going on. Um, the other thing that I have is I started um, about six months ago uh, with my creative coaching uh, certification. So. Um, and that's something really new to the industry. You hear a lot of, a lot about life coaches and so forth. Um, but as a creative coach, I'm working with creative types, types such as performers and, um, you know, artists and songwriters and, and so on, and really helping them take their idea and make it reality and, you know, work with them to, um, improve their process and, and work with them to, um, you know, continue on with their art in whatever form that is. So that's something that I'm working on right now is my creative coaching certification. And, um, I've had, a um, you know, I have just about done with my whole process and, you know, working at, uh, getting the hours in necessary to be able to get that stamp. Um, but that's super exciting for me too, to be able to work with creative types, um, and help them, you know, create what, uh, you know, ultimately they want to, you know, want to be able to reach in terms of a goal. So that's really exciting. I didn't know that that specifically existed, like that particular thread of coaches. Yeah. Very exciting. It's really new. Uh, There's no one in Wisconsin that's certified. So I would be the first creative coach in Wisconsin. So Mm. I'm pumped up about that. And I think Matt Madison is a great place for that. You know, um, lots of artists and performers and bands and all of that. So, um, I'm really looking forward to starting that up. And then just curious, um, do you ever sleep? Is that like something that you do or is that not really necessary? My, yeah, my mind is on all the time. So, (laughs) um, yeah, I, I get my sleep in it's, uh, you know, I'll stay up late and knock out stuff and, and, uh, but yeah, it, it's just constantly moving. You know, I'm brushing the teeth and I'm right. I'm thinking ideas. I'm, you know, um, making a sandwich and I'm thinking about ideas, you know, it's just like constant and it can be, you know, you know, 
God bless my wife. Um, she puts up with my ADHD type of personality mm-hmm. and just the kind of go, 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 mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure it can be exhausting. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm constantly thinking of ways to do things differently and, you know, looking in with the opera, it's just about, you know, okay, if it's been done, then I don't want to do it. I want to be able to create something unique, um, and it has a different twist and a different flavor. You know, we're, we're about making art, you know, that that's what we're all about. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm just really excited for, uh, what the future has for us. And, you know, again, it all comes down to the mission of being able to, uh, propel this genre forward, uh, for the next several hundred years, um, and get people excited about it, you know, and whatever, whatever avenue that is, you know, and we, we have a bunch of different things going on. And I, I think I would say one of the most, um, memorable and touching, uh, things that ever happened to us as a, as a company was something that we did on the street. So we were on state street and we we're performing, um, our opera unplugged, uh, series. So we're on the street and we had, a um, a cello case in the front. So if people were going to go ahead and, uh, you know, give us tips or whatnot, they could throw it in the cello case. Um, and this homeless guy was listening to us and he was weeping. Um, and it was truly touching. And he came over and he said, I, I only have seven cents, but I want to give it to you guys. And he ended up throwing into the cello case and walked away. And mm-hmm. that right there was, that's why we do what we do. Um, you know, if, if that's, you know, all we've ever done, I mean, that right there was, was it, you know, that, that's what, um, ends up keeping us alive and excited about, um, you know, performing and, um, that right there was just amazing. And, and we want to continue to, um, create experiences that people, um, are touched by, you know, yeah, and they're connected. They connected yep. to you, what you were doing. That's, that's such good stuff, Frank. It really is. Yeah. Where, where can people find you if they would like to see an opera? And, and also I was wondering if any of them, them are recorded or anything like that, that people could watch them. Yeah, we have, uh, you know, certain clips on YouTube. Uh, if you just type in fresco opera theater, and theaters spelled the fancy way, the T-R-E mm-hmm. at the end. Um, on YouTube, they could check out some clips that we have on there. Uh, also on our webpage, frescooperatheater.com. And then on Facebook, too, if you just type in Fresco Opera, you'll be able to pop us up. But okay. we're on social media, so we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, all of those those spaces. All um, over the place, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And if you wanted to come see our performance, you know, our website um, – should be up to date and we continue to put more stuff out there. Uh, right now we're gearing up, uh, for, uh, 2017 and we have a lot of, you know, free performances. We're looking at, um, doing most, most of our stuff, um, you know, free to the community this year, you know, that that's a big thing for us. So we're, we're pumped about, um, bringing it to the people, you know, how do you do this if everything's free to the community? Well, we have some wonderful um, organizations in town that that do uh, have grants that will end up uh, giving us grants. So uh, mm-hmm. in the past, like Dane Arts and um, um, Madison, we, we, there is actually uh, um, 
there's a community foundation that, that has given us money in the past and um, a number of folks that are donors, um, individuals will end up donating to us as well. We've done a lot of um, Kickstarter type of things and uh, so that just keeps us alive because obviously when we're doing a lot of free things, um, you know, we're not asking for uh, ticket sales or anything like that. So it does come from um, like the cultural arts um, uh, organization for Madison, the city of Madison and so forth. So mm-hmm. a lot of those pieces end up funding us. Well, it sounds like there are so many things going on that I can't wait to get out and see one of your shows. And actually, I think my son, my teenager would really enjoy them too. So I'm going to bring him along. Awesome. Do you have Love- kids in the shows at all? Occasionally we'll have, um, so we have some folks that are just like young singers up and comers. So sometimes we'll have, you know, kids like that, um, that are, are singers, um, and performers. Um, but yeah, anytime that we have, and I'm sorry about that. And, and the dachshunds. Anytime that we have, (laughs) yep. Anytime that we have an opportunity to be able to, uh, get a a young person in there, we're definitely going to do it. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, I, um, I can't believe all these years I didn't know you were doing this, even though I kind of heard inklings of it. I'm so glad to know the story now. It's really inspiring. If you do get back to podcasting, I would be happy to join you on that. And um, it was just wonderful hearing your story. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And my wiener dogs, thank you as well. (laughs) All right. Bye now. Bye. So once again, I'm blown away by right in in my regular everyday life is is this person who's doing something phenomenal. And I love that it's not just about creating something. He's not about the money in it. He's really about the way he can give back to the community and really honor the opera that means so much to him. There was a moment during that conversation where I literally had goosebumps head to toe, and it reminded me of a feeling I've had myself. So hang on, let me give you that quote. That, And we knew immediately when we looked at each other that we had something, we had a spark, we, we had an audience, we had a target um, you know, fan base right there that we could grow from. You know what I mean? That's the moment where you know you're doing something big. So hopefully you have been inspired by Frank and you have some idea that you've had pop in your mind, that spark that you wanna go after and you're ready to take some action steps because wow, that was inspiring. So thanks for listening. And I wanted to tell you a couple of other things before we wrap. So I'm going to be adding some new features to the show coming up here. I'm going to be doing a uh, best of episode of the first 25 of the, of the podcast. So we have kind of season one wrapped and we're on season two. I'm also going to be um, creating basically a summary of how I created a podcast for any of you out there who are interested in starting your own. So I'll, I'll tell you what I did, what worked for me. It's not necessarily you have to use the formula exactly, but hey, wish someone would have told me this. <laughs> well, actually a lot of people did and that's what you'll find. I used a lot of resources to piece together what works. So keep an eye out for that. And I'm making a commitment to you all that I will have at least one episode a week and shooting for two, but I will promise you, you will get one a week on Sunday nights. So thanks for listening and I look forward to next time.